ladies and gentlemen. And so it begins. Give the people what they want. The rise. All the way to the top. Yeah. The fall. Heroes just got tombstone. The slam. It's me, Austin. This is FRS Slam. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. The most extensive, what? intensive, comprehensive, what? counteroffensive wrestling show on the planet. Woo! Now, Finally. it's time. Let's Here's Jamie Eisner. And I am the voice of the voiceless. And Chris Schubert. You come out here and you run your mouth. FRS Slam begins now. And welcome in to a oh, sleepy oh, edition. I don't know. If I, I didn't even think I could get to the entrance. Of yet. FRS Slam Radio. As you can tell, we're a little roughed up today. Yeah, so remember how I said I thought the show was going to end at 4.30 in the morning? Uh, it did not end at 4.30 in the morning. It did not. I left your house, Jamie, uh, this morning at... I want to say 5.15 is when I yeah, left your house. Yeah, it was quarter house. after 5. I got to my house at 5.30. Now, as normal people do at 5.30 in the morning, everybody was sleeping. Yes. I pressed onward. And watched. You went event. to sleep. Jesse yes. Borick, who we were watching the show with, went to sleep. I pressed onward. I watched my main event. Wow. And then I went to sleep. Because I had to wake up at 8 in the morning to go to work. And as I looked down and I saw it was creeping ever closer to 5.30 a.m., I realized that if I stayed up through the, the true main event of the show, Okada Naito, I would not be sleeping at all. So I finished the show. Now, there was a 10-minute gap where I had to go drive home and then set myself up. So I was behind the live feed, but I was able to, catch, I was able to just hit play on New Japan World and continue from where I was. I didn't end the show until 6.30, 6.45. And then I went to sleep. And then I and then I literally slept through every alarm that I set this morning. I'm on like three hours sleep. Yep, as am I. Uh, it's rough. Uh, we're gonna replan for next year. We have a new plan. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be a little bit smarter about how we do this. Uh, we might have to sacrifice watching the undercard live, and actually just try to go to bed early, get up really early, for the main events, the main four or five matches. And then circle back the next day and watch the undercard. Because I feel like as good as some of those matches were, like I thought Cody versus Kota Ibushi was an excellent match. Suzuki Goto. I feel, yeah, well, that was a... That may be the match. That that was a a match, I tell you what. But I feel like I could have watched that today and have gotten 90% of the same enjoyment I did watching it last night. Where I don't think I could have done Omega Jericho knowing the result. Like, I, it would not have been the – I thought it was excellent, and it would not have been as good. It would have been 50% as good if I already knew the result and the high spots going into it. So, so next year, main events, and then we'll go from there. And just start our days a little bit earlier. We'll just start a little bit earlier in the day. Like, you know, hey, we're going to get up at 4 in the morning instead of getting up at 7 in the morning. So what's interesting to me is I don't know how much of my current state, and I, I'm going to put a high percentage on it, probably 70 or 80%, if not more, is because I'm under the weather. I feel as though if I was not sick – this would be a much different feeling for me today. You, you add in the tire yeah, yeah. factor, you, you were sick. and I am sick. Like I am, I am. The moment we are done recording this podcast, I am out of here. I am going back to going back home. I've been in the office for literally an hour, and I'm leaving. Yes, because I am just done. I need a shower. I need to just sleep. So that I think played a factor into it. So I would li- like to experience a Wrestle Kingdom where I'm not sick for it. I'll have to just wait till next year. But let's jump into the show. Where do you want to start? You want to start with the main event? The main event, the the, the true main event that yes. ever, that has everybody upset except me. 
Yeah, again, I, 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 me too. Again, look, I, I know I don't watch the New Japan product as religiously week to week. I've seen their pay per views, but a week to week product as you do and a lot of other people do. I was not shocked that Okada retained his belt. I was I was a little shocked. I I, I thought it was a, a shoe in that Naito won, but a lot of people are upset that Okada retained the belt, and not because they thought it was a poor booking decision, but they, they've asked the question, I think it's a fair one, of where do you go next? What, what do you do next with Okada? He's had the belts for over, what, 565 days now. What do you have left for him to go through? He went through Omega. He went through Naito. What is left for him to conquer? Right, Unless someone's going to randomly debut on this show tonight, there's not a whole lot of people that he can continue to go through. So a lot of people thought it was Naito's time. A lot of people thought when you look back at the first time they tried to do this main event for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and it failed because the fans were not into Naito. They were very into Naito last night. They wanted to see him win. I will say this wasn't, in terms of the wrestling, the match I expected it to be. But I thought it was fa- I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I think it's going to end up being 4.5, 4.75 stars for Meltzer. And, and by the way, just, just for everybody out there... You, you don't have to rate the match the same as Meltzer or as everybody else. Correct. If you like the match, you like the match. That's all that matters. Right? For me, if I was ranking the matches on this card, the Fatal 4-Way is the top match. I thought the Fatal 4-Way is the best match on the card. Uh, in terms of just straight physically, yes. And then I think... Uh, the best one, story of the match, I still will go Omega Jericho. Well, I was going to say 1A or 2 is Jericho Omega. And it's very close. Those were your two best matches of the night. Then you add in, you know, Naito Okada. Look, the Suzuki Goto match was fantastic. Yeah, that was. Talk about stiff. Talk about uh, yeah. physical. I was. I hurt watching it. Yes. I, I was in pain watching them. Uh, and then Cody Kota Ibushi was very good as well. Oh, oh by the way, uh, I'm still waiting for Kota Ibushi to put on a bad match. Uh, everybody uh, who thinks the Young Bucks can't sell. Take your, yeah. t- take your takes and go elsewhere. Yeah, Just get I, out. I would like people to watch whatever that was, a 15-minute match that opened the, the main card and explain to me how the Young Bucks, quote-unquote, can't work a body part and can't yeah, sell. They kill wrestling. Yeah, please tell me more about how they kill wrestling. That was a fantastic tag match from them last night. So here's, so here's overall thoughts for me. One, not as good as I thought the show was going to be, but still exceeded, exceeded you know, the expectations of a New Japan show, right? Well, okay, well, that's an interesting statement from you because you, going into it, you thought it was going to be, and again, we don't know, there's 361 more days left in the year, but you, you going and said you thought this had a very strong chance, you shot your shot and said this was going to be the show of the year. I think it's going to be. Do you think it's still that? Do you, were you, so where would you, where would you rank it if you had to give yourself a, on a 1 to 10 scale? Because going in, you thought this was probably going to be a nine and a half, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's probably in the in the seven point five to eight range, maybe an eight point five. I I think, but see, here's the thing: I have such high standards for New Japan. I think they can beat that this year. Yeah, it was interesting because I, I came in with fairly high expectations as well, and I thought the matches that I expected to dominate did. Mm-hmm. The final four matches on the card were as good as I expected them to be, and even despite how exhausted I was and you were and and fellow FRS slammer Jesse Bork was watching the shows, which was our fear, was we would start to really fade right as the matches that we were all been waiting for for months. See, I was good I was good while we were watching live. I now am feeling the repercussions now. Yeah. Why, live, I, I did not feel tired. I did not feel exhausted. 
I and I, I think it was because part of it was we had the lights on in your house. We we weren't really looking at our phones. We weren't paying attention to yeah, what I was time tr- it was. Every time I looked at my phone, I got more tired, so I tried not to do yeah, that. I wasn't looking at my phone very often for the time. And and honestly, for a show that ended up being, you know, if you take out the pre-match rumble, a five and a half hour show, it it flew by. You know, it's it, the one thing I liked about what they did was they didn't kill a lot of time between matches. Where I feel like on WWE pay-per-views, there's always a long period of time between the end of a match. What feels like a long period of time, relatively, between the end of one match and the start of the other. And not every... I don't need... Now, I think one of the best things WWE does is their vignettes sometimes. But sometimes they overdo it. I don't necessarily need a six-minute vignette for every feud. There are sometimes feuds that absolutely deserve that treatment. But that kind of elongates the pay-per-view, where I kind of like New Japan's of, okay, let, let's, let's get rolling here. Okay, this match is over. Get out of the ring. Let's start the interest music for the next match. Right. And they and the only time they did a video package was for the big four. And which was warranted. Right. Those are the four matches on this card that probably deserve that. You want to start at the top here? Yeah, let's start at the top. The New Japan Rumble. What did you think of this? Uh, you were having a good time making fun of everybody. I was. I, it's not for me. No, it was not. I, I, I did not find that part enjoyable. I gave it a shot. I can understand what it is. I know it's one. It's one of those. Hey, let's get everybody on the card thing. Um, but I did not particularly find that match enjoyable. I don't. I don't think I'm going to make an effort to rewatch rewatch that or make sure I, I'm by my TV for when it starts next year. The Young Bucks defeated Rapongi 3K to become seven-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions, Tag Team Champions. Excuse me. Seven-time champions for the Young Bucks. Show and Yo, your first experience with them. Yeah, you know, Show and Yo were actually, they were really strong. I really liked how they performed. I hadn't seen them before. They flowed very well with the Young Bucks, who I've watched a ton of their matches. I thought this match was everything that people who hate New Japan or hate the Young Bucks wish they were. It, it almost, and I know it sounds like a weird thing to say, it seems like they were making a concerted effort to show their, for lack of a better phrase, their haters, that they could do everything that those people said they could not do in that match. That wasn't the typical Young Bucks match that we've come to see. That was not a spot fest by any means. No. That was a old, that was a, it was a modern twist of an old school wrestling match. And I thought it was done very, very well. Yes, and I thought they, they, they found the spot that they were going to work on, the backs of both superstars. They played it, they played it into the story. And oh, they, and also, unlike WWE guys, they sold their back the entire match. Uh, they also sold Every the, single match. And when the, uh, Matt yeah. Jackson came back out later with Kenny Omega. They were still selling. They were still selling WWE the back. guys sometimes don't even forget that they, they're selling an injury mid-match. Correct, exactly. And have to, we have to have Corey Graves tell us about adrenaline. So this, is, uh, this was your opener. I thought it was a very good opener. And we have new IWGP Junior Heavyweight. Tag champs. We have the never open weight six man tag team championship call it match that saw chaos. Trent Beretta, excuse me, just Beretta, just Beretta, uh, Toroyano and Tomohiro Ishii defeat the entire field Bullet Club, Taguchi Japan, Suzuki Goon, uh, Chaos, and then Michael Elgin and War Machine to become the new never open weight six man tag team champions. Yeah, so this is an interesting. It's a tag team gauntlet match. I mean, that that that's what this is, or what do they call it now in WWE? Tag team turmoil. Tur- yeah, whatever. Tag team turmoil. Uh, I, I, this is the one I was most, I would say, 
I shouldn't say concerned about, but one I wasn't sure I would like as much. Because no, no, that, that match a, is coming up in a little bit here. Well, that one, we, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, we there were two matches on the card that we looked at and we said, eh, I'm not sure. There were just, there's a lot going on when you have these types of gauntlet matches. I'm not a big fan of the concept myself. So, I mean, I, I, it's not nothing to do with the workers necessarily. It's just I, I think it's tough to tell any sort of a real story. Yeah, and you know what? It was fine. It had some cool little spots in it, and everybody got their stuff in. And then the KKS, the new champions. Look, they never open with six-man belts. Change hands more, you know, more often than not. So this is just a good way to get everybody on the card. Let them have some fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was oh, also it was fine. This is one where I need to be more familiar with the product on a weekly basis. Where I knew a lot of these wrestlers, I didn't know them all, and I think that in this kind of a match, they're relying on you knowing the groups and the elements of those groups. Correct. Uh, Kota Ibushi defeated Cody in the uh, what was this match Special called? Special singles match. No, 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 no. Oh, it was oh the handsome battle. Oh yeah, this handsome, was the handsome yeah. the U.S. Japan handsome battle, which is now my new favorite gimmick for a match. This was an excellent match. This was fantastic. Uh, I, like I said on the on the open, I'm still waiting for Kota Ibushi to have a bad match. The crossroads by Cody Rhodes to the floor, unbelievable. Uh, also unbelievably safe. Correct. Which is what we despite looked at as looking well. like Kota Ibushi broke his neck. It did, but it was unbelievably safe. It looked really well. Uh, I enjoyed Brandy Rhodes's promo into the camera as they walked down. Uh, anything it seems that Cody or Kota Ibushi touch in the last nine to twelve months has turned to gold. Uh, Specifically, not, Cody. Cody, yeah, Cody's including his hair. Apparently, oh uh, um, yes, he does not. But I obviously saw that final battle. But I, I, I have nothing but great things to say about both of these competitors. This was an extremely good match. Uh, it got kind of got sandwiched between the two matches that we were skeptical about, and, and I kind of liked where they put it. But it, it ended was, up helping it. It did. It also again, you don't want to go three matches in a row where people go like, eh. Right, and that's why I think they put that match there. This was a very good match. Uh, it would have obviously been a little bit more exciting if the Ring of Honor title was on the line because it gives you that extra element, especially, again, if Kotobushi would have won the title there. But it was still an unbelievable match. Los Ingarnables de Japón, Sonata, and Evil defeated the Killer Elite Squad for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Now, look, this was a big guy match, and all four guys involved did their job, but I will be honest. I was fading in during this match. This was yeah. the only point of the night where I was like, I'm not going to make yeah, it. Yeah, KES doesn't do anything for me. I didn't think they would. Have. Again, I'm familiar with both competitors, Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. They didn't do anything for me in their previous wrestling lives. Uh, they didn't do much for me in, in this format. It was what it was, but I think at this point we started to go, wow, uh, every title is starting to change hands. And that that continued with Hiroki Goto defeating Minoru Suzuki for the Never Open Weight Championship in a hair versus hair match. My goodness, did this match deliver the strong style? Yeah, I mean, if if you think anything you've seen, and we we hear you know Nakamura King of Strong Style because he used to be able to do that in New Japan, he hasn't quite been able to be the King of Strong Style in WWE. If you want to see real strong style wrestling, it's in New Japan. It's also in this match. That was specifically with Minoru Suzuki. Stiff as hell. Yep, they battled. There were some great spots in this match. A huge dropkick from Suzuki. I still don't think he's come down from the sky. It's how high he jumped. Uh, just a great match. Goto picked up the victory, finally beat Suzuki. And then Suzuki was about to leave. Then he ran back into the ring, grabbed the trimmer, and then shaved his own head. The Mohawk is gone. I'm so sad. I'm so sad that the Mohawk is gone. Uh, and then... The, then the card changed. The card went up an octave because we then had Will Ospreay defeat Marty Scroll, Kushida, and Hiromu Takahashi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. I told you. I told all of you. 
how good this match was going to be. It's kind of promo right now. And this match delivered and then you. some. It was ex. You talk about everything that he touches turning to gold. Will Ospreay. Yeah, I mean Hiromu Takahashi as well. Takahashi you, you can talk about. You can say I mean, about all four of these guys. Ma- you just the level of talent in this match. Uh, Marty Skrull gets the entrance of the entrance of the night with his. Oh rings. no no no! I thought Kenny Omega's entrance was. Bad. Kenny's was good, but no, I, I'm, I'm giving I'm giving it to Marty. Okay. I right. like the wings. All right, that's fine. Fair enough. This match was was high paced. It had big spots. It had super kicks everywhere. Uh, it had near falls, and, and it was just it was just broken fingers. Oh, it was just great. It, it was it had everything you needed to be. It was quick paced. Everybody got a chance. You thought at any given point in that match, any one of them could win based on the way the match was going, which I thought was the way they designed it. And look, Osprey is just incredible. I mean, Osprey is just fantastic, and he can do anything in the ring. The one thing I will say, and I've seen this complaint online, and I tend to agree with it, although, look, it's wrestling, you suspend your disbelief. The Oz Cutter is a tough finisher for me to get behind because it forces the other competitor to jump. Yeah. Like, like Marty Scroll has to jump to take the Oz Cutter, so why would you jump? Yeah. You know? That's that's the, the only issue I have. So I, I look at that this way. While I agree, I think you're looking at a different style of wrestling that Will Ospreay is involved in. Like, I don't look – I would be more critical if that was a Will Ospreay finisher, let's say, if he was in WWE. Yeah. But in the style and types of matches he's having, I, I think it's – when you want to break wrestling, pro wrestling down into believability, and I think you, you do always want a level of that, no matter what type of match that you have. But there are certain matches and certain match types that just don't really lend themselves to that. And, and to me, that's, it's, an, it's nitpicky. I understand people that are concerned about it. For the types of matches he is involved in and what his character is, I'm not worried about it. If he becomes a heavyweight championship contender at some point, whether it's in Japan or somewhere else, then I think you have to come up with a more believable finisher when you're at the super top of the card. Fair enough. And I, I think if they ever try to push him up the card, he'll come up with something new. And he's got a whole bunch of of tricks in his bag of tricks that he can pull out. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Jay White for the Intercontinental Championship. I was disappointed with this. Uh, it just it just never captivated me. It never pulled me in the way I thought it was going to. Because, look, I like Jay White a lot, but you can tell in this match, he's green. He's got a lot to learn. Yeah, he. Uh, I was watching. I mean, I'm very familiar with Tanahashi. I was not as familiar with Jay White. I obviously know the, what his his path a little bit, and the, and the switchblade gimmick that he's he's doing now. He didn't pop off the screen to me. He didn't. I didn't get the sense that I was captivated by his character. I didn't get the sense that I was captivated by his move set. Now, I wasn't turned off by it. I am in no way feel worse about Jay White now. I'd like to see. I would like to see more. But there are certain characters that when I see them one, the first one or two times that I see them, that I go, you know what, there's something there. And I just haven't gotten that feeling yet from him. And I think that kind of took away from the match. Especially, let's be honest, if we had to talk about the main event matches, I mean, even if we're talking about the, the Goto Suzuki match, uh, we clue that in there. This Tanashi was White the, probably the, the, fifth best the match. least of those, those five. It's yeah. the fifth best match. I put Goto Suzuki, the, I would honestly, the Fatal Four Way, and then the two main events above it. I would also even put the Bucks match, and I would put a Bushi Cody yeah, over it. Yeah, I mean, it was so, not that great. I mean, yeah. at best, it was the fifth best match on this. So show. maybe they talked about it enough. Yeah, right. Uh, interesting that Tanahashi retained here. The guy has a knee issue and a bicep issue that he needs to have surgery on. Yeah, it, it's it's. I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with this now. Lucky for us, we have another show in a couple of hours. That's yeah. Staying true. up for that so, one? Yeah, it's, I'm gonna be so tired. Oh, you are staying up for that one. Probably. Ooh, it starts at midnight. 
Oh, I'm not staying up for that then. And yeah, not a chance. It starts at midnight, and it's only like if two I'm and a half hours. If I'm still awake at midnight, I will, I will be, be stunned. Shocked. I'll be stunned if you are awake at midnight. I may be because I'm going to take a nap during the day. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't have that luxury. I have to power through this. A luxury. I'm sick. It's not really a luxury. I'm just doing it because I can't I go home and take a nap if I wanted to. Well, yes. Although you did, you did joke earlier in the in the day because I was with you earlier in the day that if you had to stay up for Okada Naito, you you did threaten to quit. I you did. D- you did say, you know what? I'm just going to quit my job. I did. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would have been able to. It's <laughs> one of the things like I, there's like work stuff and I and I'm, I knew I was going to be tired. Quit right? your complaining, okay? I, I knew – damn. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Damn. Continue your airing your grievances. I knew, I knew it was going to be a little bit tired and exhausting. I don't even mind that. But there's stuff that I have to do after work today as well. So it's like my entire day is going to be a long day anyway. It's going to be a long day of regular work and non-work stuff. That I was just like, oh no, I can't. I can't go on one hour. I'm gonna check in with you at around nine o'clock tonight and see where you're at. All right, loopy is what I'll be. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna check in with you and see where you're at at nine o'clock tonight. Loopy. Okay. I'm just like I'm just like mainlining monsters. I mean, I'm loopy right now. I could yeah, fall asleep. I'm doing a little bit okay. I'm doing a little bit okay because now I've been like Matt Hardy. I've been reawoken. Well, you're also drinking a monster. Yeah, I, I am nursing a monster. I'm not even a third of the way through this right now. Oh man, so it's like that, a, that's how I'm. That's how it's, it's, a slow, like, it's a slow burn with the it monster. Is. It's like I just like my whole body just doesn't want to do anything. Who would you like to see cha- a challenge for the Intercontinental Championship now? That's an interesting one. I would like to see now. Again, to be fair, I haven't kept up with it day to day, so you you might laugh at me like these these guys don't. Oh, trust me, I will take any opportunity I can to laugh at you. I would like to see Abushi again wrestle for that title. Okay. I know he's I know he's on it before, but I think I I'm very every time I see him, I am very impressed. I wouldn't mind if it was Cody. I'm trying to think of like logical things. You've got to be like a winner off this show. But I wouldn't mind seeing Cody. I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Jericho. That was the name I was going to throw out there. I, I I those are the three that jump off the page to me as that I want to see them next. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's jump into these these two main events because I think we're going to talk about these ones for a little while. Uh, Kenny Omega defeated Chris Jericho for the IWGP IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match. It was a no DQ match, and here is how I will describe this match to anybody that has not seen it. By the way, if you had not seen it and you've gotten this far on the podcast, it's just your own fault. I, towards the back half of this match, and Jamie can attest to this, was at the edge of the seat, of my seat, yep. rooting for Kenny Omega. They got me. I bought in. I was so annoyed at the idea of Jericho winning this match. Not so much annoyed, but I wanted to see Kenny win this big match against Chris Jericho in the Tokyo Dome. Specifically when you factor in what happened last year at the Dome when he lost to Okada. I was rooting for Kenny Omega. Rooting for him. And it ended up working because he won. This was fantastic. It's it's so interesting because I, the, I had unbelievably high expectations for this match, and I sometimes worry when I come into a match like this that I am going to be disappointed even in a really good match because I've built up this idea in my mind of what I think it should be and what I think the impact is going to be. No impact is a almost to the Canada. almost to the point where it can't live up to it. So I did that for this match, and I still left impressed. They told I, a great story. The storytelling in this match was was phenomenal. I thought Chris Jericho's heel work in this match was better he than I've took seen. A photographer's camera took pictures of Kenny Omega, and then took pictures of, of him himself flipping, off the, flipping off the crowd. I haven't seen a, a that good of a heel that felt believable. In a long time, you can you, you thought they hated each other, you did, and I know they don't. 
No, no. I they, know they, they for a fact they respect they each other and, and like each other a lot. But one thing that was very interesting in the match, and, and I think this is where you talk about how an elite talent that Chris Jericho is. Not the Oh, elite, not the elite. The, okay. the elite. But an elite talent that Chris Jericho is. He was getting cheered early in that match for obvious reasons. He's Chris Jericho. He's Chris New Jericho. Japan history. He's a star. He's coming back. He's the he's a former New Japan. I, I wouldn't say star, but former New Japan worker. Come home twenty plus years later, people were predisposed to like him. They wanted to see him, and for him to be able to turn what I thought was eighty twenty cheers early in that match to eighty five fifteen boos late in that match without doing anything incredibly cheap. And what I mean by that was, yes, he did the, the flipping off of the fans a couple times. Yeah, he jawed at a fan in the front in, in the front row one or once or twice. But he got himself from mega babyface to mega heel simply because of his work. Simply because of what he did in the ring, the story he told, the story he told with interacting with the referee, with people outside of the ring, all of that made people organically turn against him in the match. And he didn't have to resort to cheap heat tactics to do it. And uh, the, the spot that I will remember is Kenny Omega just going through the English commentary table with, with no protection. I mean, there was just no, nobody was there to catch him. Don he Callis just, kind of. No, not even close. He hit that table so hard, it bounced off into Don Callis. That's what ended up happening. You had that spot. They had the chairs. Kenny, Kenny got busted open. And the, and the one thing that I didn't uh, – by the way, the table that Jericho ended up going through later yes. on in the match, on two separate occasions, the match had continued. And we and, forgot about and the And they panned back yeah. to the table, and I, and I turned to both of you, and I was like, oh, I forgot about the table. On two separate occasions, they got me. They got me to forget about the table twice. That's how good this match was. Then uh, the big thing was, all of a sudden during the middle of the match, I turned to both of you, and I was like, has Chris Jericho hit a code breaker yet? And no, he hadn't, he hadn't yeah. even attempted one. Yeah, he did not attempt one. Then he finally hit the one, and then, he, and then he was too late to the cover. Then Omega kicked out. One wing angel. They recreated the spot from Okada Omega 2 where Jericho got his hand on the rope, which you, you the three of us had a bit of a back and forth whether in a no DQ you can do that. And this is the logical – because I know some people are like, well, no DQ, you know, he doesn't have to break the hold because earlier, maybe five seconds earlier, Jericho had broken the walls of Jericho hold. Yes. Here's the logical – explanation we've come and we, we to. we workshop through this. And I, we think this makes sense. In theory, Chris Jericho does not have to break the hold, but because Omega is holding the ropes, a tap at that point wouldn't have counted. Yes, and they've, they've never done, at least to my knowledge, so if one of you out there have seen this spot, please send it to me because I'm curious. Um, but the way, like, you, you can't be pinned if you're, your foot's under the rope or on the rope or you're grabbing the rope, you can't lose... Outside of the ring. Correct. Just like if, let's say, Chris Jericho were to put Kenny Omega in the walls of Jericho on, let's say, the announcer's table. Correct. In a match that has countouts, so it's not a false count anywhere match. Omega can tap till his, you know, till the cows come home. Till he's blue in the face. It doesn't matter because it's not in the ring. Mm -hmm. So, the same thing applies here, where if he's in the ropes or out of the ring, he can tap. But it won't count. But it won't count. So Jericho just decided to let go. So you can keep applying the pressure. You can't be disqualified for applying the pressure, but you also can't win until you get him out of the ropes. 
that's why a lot of times in WWE and other companies, we see them get to the ropes in a no DQ match and then pull them off of the ropes because they don't have to break the hold. They just need to get him away from the ropes. Right. So that is the way we are logically explaining why Jericho broke that hold and why the pitfall. Got I wish up. that would be more clear and announcers would explain that. Um, and I don't think this is. I'm not. This is not a knock on the announcers because no company has done a good job of explaining that. No. And by the not way, uh, I, tip of the cap to uh, Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. I yes. thought they did an incredible. Don job. Callis was excellent. Don Callis. His was, one-liners were excellent. He's just. He's amazing. Also, little nitpick. Not for the match. Uh, this is just a general wrestling thing. No DQ matches should also always be no counter. Yeah, you said this, and I was like, yeah, that's probably. I, I, it's, it's odd to me that I can hit you with. With chairs that bust you open, but if I'm outside the ring in this case for 20 seconds, uh, that you lose the match. It's yes. very weird. So that is the way we explain that away. So I think that's a logical explanation that we can all get behind. Yes, because because the point is, is why would you ever break a submission hold in the ropes? That's why, because you can continue to apply pressure. But you're not going to earn the victory. But you're not going to earn the victory. He gets frustrated, so now he's going to go back to try to earn the victory. And he's going to try to maybe get a chair or something to help him out to, re to reapply the move. Uh, then Omega hits a one-wing angel after Jericho went for a lion saw with Omega having the chair. Omega popped up through the chair against Jericho's back, uh, picked up Jericho off the ropes, hit him with a one-winged angel onto the chair, got the three count to retain the championship. One of the things I also really liked about this match was the Bucks getting sent back right away. That a lot of times I feel like no DQ matches become almost too chaotic. Where it becomes, I, I was, my, my one fear for this match going in was going to be that there was going to be too much that happened that didn't involve Omega and Jericho. That, in terms of Bullet whether Club, whether it would be uh, Bullet Club members, whether WWE Bucks, interfering, whether well, no, I didn't, oh, I, I okay. didn't, I didn't I expect just, Roman Reigns to oh, come down man. to the Triple ring. Triple H, Pedigree, and Kenny Omega, Ken, and Kevin, Owens. Kevin Owens, El Generico, but not Sami Zayn coming. Wow. Uh, but I, but whether it was the Bullet Club, whether it was the Bucks specifically, or Cody Rhodes, or officials from backstage, whatever it would have been, I was afraid that sometimes that gets in the way of a good story. That then the match doesn't become about the two competitors in the ring. It becomes about the chaos that ensues in an ODQ match. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy that that was taken out of the way right away. And you know what? It's amazing. You can have an ODQ match without having 12,000 people interfere. Also, you could have an ODQ match without 50,000 weapon spots. Correct. The first half of that match didn't have a weapon Correct. spot. I mean, besides the table... Breakage. But but, th but it was the one table because throwing somebody into an announcer's table, I, I don't consider that a weapon spot. That happens in singles matches because apparently you don't get disqualified for that. Correct. So you have the table spot that Jericho does, which, by the way, I know I, I've seen some criticism that he should have just fallen off through the table and not did the hold on and then kind of semi look back and go through it. One, he's trying to make sure his back of his head doesn't hit the guardrail because there's not a lot of room. Correct. There. And two, a little just a little nuanced thing to watch. When he gets hit the first time on the top rope, he holds on. Oh, so you mean there's storytelling? Involved? So he holds on. So when the second time, even though he's not going to go through it full force, he's still selling that I'm trying to hold on, trying to hold on. To I can't hold on anymore. Correct. So I thought that was a very strong way to do that move safely, but tell a story leading up to it so it's more proce processable. That's not even a word. You just made that Easier up. to process. I, that's processable. way too big. I'm too tired for that word. Way too much. Processable. Pro processable. I'm going to call and that's it That's not a word. The ability to process. That is not a word. I just made You're it up right making now. up words. Uh, then you had the other main event. That match went 35 minutes, by the way, and it the, didn't feel like it the went. The Jericho there. Omega match? Yes. No, it didn't. Uh... By the way, I was watching uh, – I had to watch Okada Naito back at my house. The uh, ring announcer came over and said 30 minutes, and I was like, oh, boy. I, it flew. 
I mean, that thing flew. I did yeah. not expect that to go that long. It ended up going 36-30. It was the longest match on the card uh, by about two minutes over Jericho Omega. I, this Okada Naito match was very good as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I caught – I watched this match, but I wasn't – I was a little bit more distracted because I watched it this morning at work. Uh, I've had other things going on. So I didn't get to – I didn't have my full undivided attention like the rest of the card did. Um because I believe, as I joked when I kicked you guys out to go to bed, that it was hashtag not my main event. You did say that, and I was. And you wanted me to say it on the show yes. today, so I'm, I'm obliging. You in, in you it. have insulted Okada Naito, which was a, which is a very good match, and you did follow up by saying if there's one if there's one match, I said that good could luck follow, following that. But it's Okada Naito are the two people on the planet that could. I, I thought they did a good job of following it. They did different matches, different styles, different stories, but I, I thought they they did a very nice job. Yeah, like you, I, I'm not. As surprised that Okada won, but I guess I could, I could see the surprise because of, one, the storyline Naito's been on, and two, because of how different the matches were, you would think that you would end on, I wouldn't say a high note. I don't, I don't want to act like Okada is a, a massive heel here, but... Which he's not. Because he's not. But you would think that the story you would tell in the last match is the, the, the payoff. You had the grudge match for 35 minutes. Now you're going to get the feel-good payoff. But maybe there's a larger story at play here with Naito. Maybe yeah. the comeback story continues for him. I don't know. The, the one thing that I always fall back on, and I'm not going to let this take away from the match because I think that's what a lot of wrestling fans do. They let the future booking take away from the impact of, of one match. Is Obviously, the question is who Okada faces next, who is freed up to face him. And I don't know how many options there are realistically right now on this card. Yeah. And it, is it Kota Ibushi? Do you do Ibushi Okada? You could. You could do that. You could do that. Like I don't. You're now not, you're not going theory, to Omega again for a long in time. In theory, I know he just won the tag titles, but Evil's one of the two people to have a victory over Okada in 2017. Omega has That's the true. one. Evil has the other. So you could do Evil Okada as his first feud at New Beginning at the end of the month. And as we know from WWE logic, if you pin the champion, you get a free match. Well, yes, New Japan does also do that, but they don't give it to you right away. You get it, like, down the road. And then when you come out, everyone goes, oh, yeah, he pinned that guy. Oh, because it's not used as the primary storytelling technique? It's yes. used as part of the story? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I know. It's really it's, – it's bold what they do over there in New Japan. I, you could do Omega, but I don't I don't think they'll go to that that quickly. No, they're not going to. I, I would be shocked. So who's, they, who's, who's you left? You can't go to Jericho. You can't go to somebody that lost on this card. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So then Minoru Suzuki's out. So it's Kota Ibushi, it, it, right? It's Kota Ibushi or it's Evil. Those are the two th- names I'll put on the short list. Yeah. Or then, then you have time to build somebody else. But like your your immediate next next feud, yeah. I mean, yeah. Would you give Naito an, a, another match? No, right not, away. No, I don't want the G one and lost. No, they won't do that. that Naito's going to have to seem very odd. Naito's going to have to go on the way his, that that feud has gone the way they book. He's going to go on his redemption tour. That's probably what he's going to have to do. I'm surprised. I thought there was a lot more money in Naito winning. Okada having to go on this sort of, uh, you had a great year, but now have you? Now are you burnt out from that year, lose another match, then roll through the G1, win the G1, then face Omega for the title at Wrestle Kingdom 13. That, to me, was the story that they were going to go with. But if there's one thing I'm not going to question, it's the New Japan booking because they have proven time and time again that they know what they're doing. So I, I'm not going to question it. Yeah. So, all right, grade the show. Um, I would give this an A. An A, yeah. Not an A minus, not an A no, plus. No, not going to give it an A plus. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give this an A. I'm also going to give it an A. I, I thought there were so many parts of this card I really liked. It had, it had the high moments that it needed to have. Uh, it wasn't as, I probably built it up, in my head as something more massive than it was, and I think you did as well. 
Uh, and that that's not to say it was a bad show. It was no. an excellent show. When you set those kind of high expectations and it doesn't meet them, but it gets really close. And I'm still not sure it won't be the show of the year. No, but... I just think now there's a chance. Yes. So I thought going in, there, I thought there was not a chance that anything else that even New Japan could do is going to touch that. And now I'm like, you know what? I There's a chance because I... I, I there were parts, there were matches that I thought left some to be desired. I thought there were some matches that, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I think if Jay White and Tanahashi would have had the same caliber of matches, the three matches around them, we might be looking at this card a little differently. Correct. But I think having one of the four big matches. Kind of be a little bit of a Underwhelm. Dud. Yeah. A bit. It wasn't bad, but no, underwhelm a bit. Yeah. I think heard it because now, because the, you now have three matches on that card that I'm like I I could live without and I did not expect that three. to happen. Right. I mean, I think it's clearly the gauntlet match, the tag titles for the uh, the, the heavyweight tag championships, and now Tanahashi JY. Everything else on this card I thought was fantastic. Everything else. Yes. I mean, uh, Jericho Omega was is the match of the night for me. It was always going to be just because of the storytelling. Just if if it's pure wrestling standpoint, it's the fatal four way. But yeah. from a storytelling standpoint... Omega Jericho was up there. That was as well of an executed storyline and taking that storyline and executing it the exact same method in a match in physical form as I've seen in some time. Right. What do you think Jericho does next? <sighs> as I, I cough while you're, yeah, you're as supposed I, as to I talk sigh to cover, into the I know, microphone. You're supposed to cover up my cough with your talking. I, and I don't know. I, I'm trying to see because again I'm not as familiar with the weekly booking. Like I know where WWE would go in these types of scenarios. I I don't think they're going to go right back to anything with Omega. So I don't see a way that the, do they put him in that IC title picture? Can like, I boy. can I throw an idea out there? Sure. You need to rebuild Naito. Boy, I did think about that. I said that they would do Naito Jericho with Naito as the champion. That doesn't mean they can't do Naito Jericho with them both losing. Right, so you put loser, you put the two losers or, together. What about Jericho Ibushi? Yeah, but if that doesn't he, help anybody in New Japan because Ibushi's not signed there long term. True, but if that and that would depend on if they see another Jericho Omega match down the line. Because if you if you're gonna go back to that in three or six months, I think telling the story of Jericho beating up Ibushi is a very interesting twist to that story. If you're not planning to go back to that, then it then doesn't make sense. Well, I will say this. I'll throw this out there, and I forget who had this on Twitter, but credit to them. Chris Jericho has tour dates from January all the way up till April for Fozzie, except for one week. And it's not WrestleMania week. It's the week New Japan's in Long Beach. Just saying. It doesn't mean he's working it, but it's certainly one of those things. That, it means he could. means it's possible that he still works that. He is scheduled to appear on the New Year Dash show tonight. So they're, they're going to set up something on this show, I think. This is the Raw after WrestleMania for New Japan. That's what New Year Dash is. Yeah. So we're going to get a lot of things set up for later on in the month for the new beginning. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm with you, Jamie. I'm going to give this show an A. Uh, it was very good. It, it was. I enjoyed myself. It flowed very nicely. At, uh, I, I will say besides the tag title match between the Killer Elite Squad and Los Ingranables de Japón, the, the, the lateness of this show when I was watching it didn't bother me. No. Really, as much as I thought it was going to. Um yeah, not until like the very, very end. And that's look. If we didn't have work the next day, I think this would have been a little bit different. Because or I, if I, I wasn't sick, it would be a little. Well, bit yeah, different. that was that was bad timing for you. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm struggling today. 
but uh, so, but I, I really enjoyed. It. I enjoyed the pacing of it. I think that's the biggest thing that I have in my extended forays into Ring of Honor. Those are some big words and New Japan for this kind of podcast. The pacing of their pay per view cards is much more palatable to me than I think the pacing of WWE's cards. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about some WWE stuff? Because I got two things for you. We got two more well, mixed match challenges. Well, you know, let's talk about that on on tomorrow. Show. Okay, so you're just let's gonna... let's save that for our, okay. for our Friday listening audience. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna know by now because this is out there. Oh so, yes. Okay, so yeah, two mixed match challenge teams. I got announced. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, I think you're gonna remote in, Jamie. Yes. Because we were thinking about recording the Friday podcast right after this one. It's not happening. Yeah, you're, you're, my you're voice fading is, fast. my voice is shot. You're fading. So fast. I'm gonna go home, uh, take another shower, do the humidifier, get some humid air in the in the. In the living room for me, uh, and then you're gonna you're gonna be via remote. Yes. I don't know why. Do you have off tomorrow? I do. Oh, look at you. You I normally I have wish Saturday. I had off today. You normally have Saturdays off. I do normally, but you know, there's, you have, there's NFL playoffs. And so stuff. now you have Friday off. So now you're gonna remote in. You're gonna call in tomorrow, and we're gonna do the show. All right, guys. Uh, any anything else, Jamie? Before I get us out of here? No, I I, I thought oh, just wrapping it up. I thought excellent show. Uh, I I really enjoyed this experience. I was very happy with my first Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, there were parts I obviously thought that could have been better, but I would say I was very impressed with the big matches and how they were done. Uh, I, I, have, I have nothing but great things to say about the show we saw last night. If you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, please go and do that. Buy New Japan World. Uh, and The New Year Dash show is free today, by the way. So if you're, if you're looking to dip your toe in the water of New Japan, here's your opportunity. The New Year's Dash show is free today, tonight. So you'll be able to watch it for free. Uh, Jamie, I think we're going to look back fondly on this, like, this time next week. Or, like, this time tomorrow. Uh, yes. I, like, it's not <laughs> going to take we'll, long we'll, you, for us I'm going to call in for the podcast. Now, you, you might still be sick, so you're in a little bit different spot than I am. Which, by the way, I have to now go, like, spray every inch of my living room with Lysol now. Uh, because you, you had your, you know, hey man, your, your you grubby little me, hands on you everything. You want me over, you didn't have time. Um... But I think I'm going to look back at this tomorrow with even more pa- – like I am more passionate about what I saw last night than I am – my voice is indicating right now. Correct. It's, I'm just extremely exhausted. All right, guys. That is going to do it for us here on this Thursday edition. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. Talk to you then.